0: rembrandt
1: batteries
0: bacteria
1: welcome to knickknack news i'm anthony
0: and i'm alex and my first story today is art news yes i'm making that a category um, this is from huff post and the headline is Rembrandt painting, thought to be a knockoff, turns out to be the real thing. That's a How nice did they surprise. make this mistake? Oh, there's more. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, oh,
1: uh, <laughs> I thought that was still the headline.
0: <laughs> no, that was just me. That was just my commentary. <laughs> so thanks to modern technology and some expert detective work, a nearly 400-year-old painting that had long been attributed to an unknown artist in Rembrandt's workshop has now been judged to have been a work of the Dutch master himself. For decades, the Allentown Art Museum displayed an oil-on-oak panel painting called Portrait of a Young Woman. You know, like, really generic names. Yeah. Like, all those paintings are just uh-huh. called, like, yeah. And Portrait they cu- of a
1: guy doing a thing.
0: Yeah. Portrait of man. It's like, okay, <laughs> could you have thought of something else?
1: Flower in vase on yeah. table. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's Still, like, life like with fruit, <laughs> girl with a pearl earring was like the super creative name back then. Like,
1: <laughs> he specified with her earring, earring was. Like,
0: whoa, calm <laughs> down. Crazy. So, they had credited this to the studio of Rembrandt. But two years ago, the painting was sent to New York University for conservation and cleaning, and there the conservators began removing... Conservators? Yeah, I, don't know, I, don't know, that, I, I don't know that word.
1: <laughs> conservators.
0: I, I knew that I don't was know. wrong, but I, I just didn't yeah, know. I, was say,
1: I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's not Conservators. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, if you're, if you're an art conservationist, please let us know how to pronounce that. Thank you. So these people began, began removing layers of overpainting and dark, thick varnish that had been added over the centuries to this painting. Why? I don't know. How, how do they
1: decide what's overpainted?
0: <laughs> I don't know that either. This
1: seems, this seems like a lot.
0: <laughs> they're, they're, they're conservators. So <laughs> I'm just going to pronounce it differently every Conservators. Time they know what they're doing i guess i don't know the conservators used a variety of tools including x-ray infrared and electron microscopy um to to look at the brushwork in the painting and they started to suspect that it was really a rembrandt painting and they were making this case that it was his work um and this is a statement it showed brushwork and a liveliness to that brushwork that is quite consistent with other works by Rembrandt.
1: How do you quantify liveliness?
0: I have a lot that, of questions about question this you, That was my question.
1: Also, I mean, from the it's get-go, I was like, how do, they, how do they know? It's not like it's there's DNA in the
0: painting. Right, right. The artist used his sweat and blood <laughs> in this painting. Um,
1: we found mitochondria consistent with the artist. <laughs>
0: It's completely subjective. Yeah. Um, so, so they made this case, and then um, I guess outside experts have agreed with the assessment, and so now it's officially switched back to a Rembrandt painting. And I say switched back because oh. it turns out back in the 70s, okay, so like whenever uh, this painting was originally given to the museum, it was attributed to Rembrandt, like it was considered a Rembrandt. And in the 70s, some so-called experts decided it wasn't a Rembrandt, and it was painted by wasn't one of his assistants. This article did not go into uh, that reasoning. <laughs>
1: yeah. But why did they get to say that?
0: I don't know. But they were like, this probably isn't real. It was probably just someone in his, like, group or whatever. Right. And apparently this type of, like, changing who the artist really was and, like, changing that assessment is not unusual in the art world, <laughs> according to this article. So just that somebody makes me confident. W- like, Uh-oh. wants to
1: seem like they know what they're talking about Just going, that one? No. <laughs>
0: That's yeah, not yeah, a Picasso. You idiot. <laughs> Um, so this painting, uh, it's currently in the Allentown's museum's vault and it will go on public display starting June 7th. So you can go see it if you want.
1: Portrait of a young woman. Look for it. Among the other portrait of a young woman. Woman.
0: Other. Portraits of a young woman. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So it's like it it just immediately people are going to be more interested because, oh, it's a Rembrandt now, but it's the same painting.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just. I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate art. It's just funny to me. It's just funny to me how something, and okay, this kind of like a little bit connects to when we had that whole discussion about the banana. It's like, right. wh- there's just certain things that like just all of a sudden will just change in value based on something that seems a bit arbitrary to me. Like, I feel like this painting should just be considered good, whether or not Rembrandt, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just a good painting. Yeah. Why? Why does that matter so much?
1: I, I couldn't begin to tell you. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe the person who initially said it wasn't a Rembrandt is just like, oh it's not very good. <laughs> that was like that was <laughs> oh, their, I don't know. <laughs> that was their whole assessment. It was like, oh, it's, that's not a Rembrandt, it's not it's not a very good painting. My first story is food news.
0: More food news. I love food news. I love
1: food news too. Uh, this is from The Verge. Uh, the headline reads: The makers of GIF peanut butter team up with Giphy to try to settle the GIF slash GIF debate once and for all. Now imagine how difficult this would be to understand if I pronounced GIF wrong. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh huh. Keep 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 going.
1: Yeah. In in another twist in the long running debate about how to pronounce GIF jiff peanut butter wants to make the case that it owns the soft g pronunciation while gif should be said with a hard g the jm smucker company which makes jiff has teamed up with giphy to release a special jar of jiff peanut butter that replaces the classic jiff branding on the label with gif i didn't realize how much fun this would be to say out loud
0: How many words starting with J or G are in this thing? This is great. <laughs> Quite love, a few. <laughs> I love listening to this. Uh,
1: the idea seems to be that the special edition jar should be placed next to a normal <laughs> jar of gif to prove that there's an obvious difference in how each word should be said uh this, this pronunciation has been a long and dumb internet debate this is their words, it's not mine but to be fair also my words uh facebook poked the beast in 2017 with a poll about the correct pronunciation and even hillary clinton has weighed in during a 2016 or during the 2016 presidential election she said gif with a hard g while speaking at a fundraiser
0: whoa scandal
1: um, the author of the article and I both agree that it should be pronounced with a hard G. Uh, GIF, as people may or may not know, stands for Graphics Interchange Format, and Graphics has a hard G sound, so that should translate to the GIF acronym. This is according to both the author of the article and myself. Um, however, we're all technically wrong in the eyes of the creator of the GIF, uh, Steve Willite. He declared in 2013 that the acronym GIF should be pronounced JIF, which I don't care that he said that. Um, uh, the special edition peanut butter jars were on sale on Amazon for $10 a piece. It's like a standard jar of peanut butter, just with a weird label. Um, but they're, okay. I went to check the listing. They're currently sold out. So oh. good job, Jif. Um, and I, the Amazon page is actually kind of funny. The listing says, uh, limited edition jar with double-sided Jif slash GIF label. Perfect for sandwiches, baking, and shutting down internet debates. Contains about 34 servings of peanut butter and zero looping images. And the uh, the lid of the container says, "If you've ever called a gif a jiff, we forgive you."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I've had this discussion with you outside of the podcast.
1: I've had this discussion with a lot of people, but okay.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I do not have a strong feeling either way. Yeah. The first time that I heard that word, the person pronounced it jiff, mm-hmm. and therefore, forever, that is just my like natural. I have to like think to correct myself to pronounce it gif. It's not because I have a really like strong opinion, but I just naturally gravitate towards the gif pronunciation because I heard at least one person say that when that word was introduced to me. So I don't know, I'm I'm tainted, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you're a t- you're a tainted uh member of the sample here. Um yeah, I honestly it's a it's a really dumb debate. <laughs> um I do think well, it should be gif, but that's like I don't if you want to believe the other thing it's fine too. I don't really care. We've just been arguing about it for so it's long. Just,
0: yeah, it's like almost. Like, but it's like when it comes down to it, it's like, does the person understand what you're talking about? If yes, does it really matter?
1: I guess. I mean, I think this article made the great point that it is good for clarifying whether you're talking about peanut butter or the graphics <laughs> format.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. It, it, in the context of when you have to read this article out loud, I think it is useful to pronounce it GIF. But, you know, I'm going to read the article Now,
1: here I'm going to <laughs> yeah, no, read the article again, I'm actually, but pronounce all the gifs wrong.
0: I, I'm actually kind of curious what that would sound like. I think that would be very. And funny.
1: another twist of the long running debate about how to pronounce Jif. Jif Peanut Butter <laughs> wants to make the case that it owns the softy pronunciation, while Jif should be said with a hard G. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, we can we can just... we can.
1: I think, honestly, it that's it. the strongest art, art, argument yeah. I've, I've yeah, heard for this it's so it's far. Yeah, it's pretty
0: strong. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. I, I, get it. <laughs> I get it.
1: I get it. Also, I really want some peanut butter I now. jet it. You jet it. <laughs> it's understandable.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, my next story is animal news. <laughs> Slash science news as well. Ooh. This is from universityoftexas.edu. The headline is... Bacteria engineered to protect bees from pests and pathogens. This is super cool, but also there's a debate because it's genetically modified bacteria, which scares people, but we can talk about it. So scientists from the University of Texas at Austin report in the journal Science that they have developed a new strategy to protect honeybees from a deadly, deadly trend known as colony collapse. And they are using genetically engineered strains of bacteria to do this. An increasing number of honeybee colonies in the U.S. Have, been, have seen the dwindling of their adult bees, like the numbers of the bees in their colonies, and I think we've talked about that before. Uh, so these engineered bacteria would live in the guts of the honeybees and act as, a, as biological factories pumping out medicines protecting the bees against two major causes of colony collapse, which are Varroa mites and mm-hmm. deformed wing virus. Have you I heard have, of those things? I have, I've heard
1: of the mites. I haven't okay. heard of the, the, the wing virus.
0: It's a, it's a virus, I guess. Okay.
1: Uh,
0: so this is the first time anyone has improved the health of bees by genetically engineering their microbiome. Because mm-hmm. apparently bees have like a gut microbiome just like humans do. Sure. So they're just adding bacteria into that to help protect them. Sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so the researchers believe this method could one day scale up for agricultural use because the engineered bacteria bacteria are easy to grow, Inoculating the bees is straightforward, and the engineered bacteria are unlikely to spread beyond the bees. And then I was like, "How beyond unlikely?" The be- oh, <laughs> <laughs> beyond the, the bees. bees, a film by Steven Spielberg. Um. So, according to one of the researchers, the risk of the bacteria escaping into the wild and infecting other insects, um, and thereby conferring some weird powers upon other insects is very low the type of bacteria used are highly specialized to live in the bee gut they can't survive for long outside of it and they are protected for a virus that strikes only bees Still, further research will be needed to determine the effectiveness and safety of the treatments in agricultural settings. Which the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, and then you just made a funny face when I said that Just rolling my eyes the at of, the idea
1: of like people being scared of this being like safer. Well, you humans.
0: know they're going to. I mean, if they don't yeah. understand it, te- it's like okay, well, what if the bacteria get out? And then it's like some engineered bacteria, and then it's some superpower bacteria, and then we don't know how to fight the bacteria. I can keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I, well, you punch you know, it for starters. That's how you fight bacteria.
0: You punch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that works all the time, though.
1: I mean, small punches.
0: Oh, okay. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta decrease the size of your hand first. Right. So it's like the, on the right. You've gotta genetically then,
1: engineer humans to have really small hands.
0: So that they can punch bacteria. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: then you have an outbreak of really small handed humans.
0: And how yeah, you what would that? that be like? I don't know. I think you need
1: slightly bigger hand humans to punch them.
0: <laughs> would you have to punch them or would you just like integrate them into society? I mean, It'd be fine. Yeah, I guess. Small-handed, small hands. Small hands. <laughs> anyway, um, so back to the bees. Um, uh, the this is this is great because you know we've talked about before. Bee populations are in danger, and they're actually very necessary for successful crops,
1: super necessary production
0: and agriculture and food for all of us. And if the bees are in danger, we're kind of in danger. So we should all be working together to help the bees. Yes. The honeybees, specifically. Yeah. Not, like, wasps and stuff. I yeah, don't really no, wasps, about those. wasps can go die. Yeah, we, we don't care about wasps. <laughs> <laughs> if they pollinate things, okay, but I don't think they do. The oh, ones okay. that don't pollinate anything. I think we've had and this wondered,
1: conversation before. What are their and, like, point in I, there's, nature? No, there's no point to wasps like or what? yellow jackets. They're just mean. My next story is technology news. This is from Wired.com. It's actually kind of interesting that I'm following up your story with this one. Mm. Uh, the next generation of batteries could be built by... Bi- <laughs> 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 I almost faded all the way through. Oh, well, um, the, n- <laughs> the next generation of batteries could be built by viruses. Oh. We're, micro, we're uh, bioengineering bacteria and Weird. viruses in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in
1: 2009... MIT bioengineering professor bioengineering professor Angela Belcher traveled to the White House to demo a small battery for President Barack Obama. Belcher had used viruses to assemble a lithium ion battery's positive and negative electrodes an engineering breakthrough that promised to reduce the toxicity of the battery manufacturing process and boost their performance um, This is really cool i'm hoping huh. I'm able to explain this well as we get through this. Um, A decade after Belcher demoed her battery at the White House, her viral assembly process has rapidly advanced. She's made viruses that can work with over 150 different materials and demonstrated that her technique can be used to manufacture other materials like solar cells. What? She's like...
0: (laughs) Just I'm going anything, to explain it, I Anything that so can store energy, I guess. Okay.
1: Well, it's, it's yeah. Anyway, viruses are full of DNA but can't reproduce without a host, which are properties that Belcher has demonstrated can be adopted for nanoengineering to produce batteries that have improved energy density, lifetime, and charging rates. So, everything about batteries, um, and that can be produced in an eco friendly way. To conscript a virus for electrode production, Belcher exposes it to the material she wants to manipulate. Natural or engineered mutations in the DNA of some of the viruses will cause them to latch on to the material. Belcher then extracts these viruses and uses them to infect a bacterium, which results in millions of identical copies of the virus. Um, This process is is repeated over and over, and with each iteration, the virus becomes more finely tuned um, to the battery component that she's, like, training it on, essentially. So basically, these viruses, like, attract these materials and then, like, are she like selects for ones that come together in like these particular patterns to create oh. materials. Like the, the material, it contains the virus that's like attracted all this material to itself.
0: This is so cool. It's very
1: strange, but very cool. Um, for example, the genetically modified virus might be engineered to express a protein on its surface that ex- attracts cobalt oxide particles to cover its body. Additional proteins on the surface of the virus attract more and more cobalt oxide particles. This essentially forms a cobalt oxide nanowire made up of linked viruses that can be used in a battery's electrode. Like, who? How did you think of this? I, I, I
0: don't know. Like, what a
1: what a weird, weird, but really uh, cool, idea. different
0: idea. Yeah. Um,
1: so she's used her viral assembly technique to build electrodes and implement them in a range of different battery types. Uh, the cell that she demoed for Obama was a standard lithium-ion coin cell like you might find in a watch and was used to power a small LED. But she's done like, all these other different formulations of batteries since then. Um, One promising application is to use the viruses to create highly ordered electrode structures to shorten the path of an ion as it moves through the electrode. This would increase the battery's charge and discharge rate, essentially resulting in more powerful batteries um, that can be recharged more quickly." Um, Belcher's virus-powered batteries so far have performed as well or better than those with electrodes made with traditional manufacturing techniques, including improved energy capacity, cycle life, and charging rates. Additionally, while electrode manufacturing techniques require working with toxic chemicals and high temperatures, all this process requires are the electrode materials, room temperature water, and some genetically engineered viruses. So it just removes all these toxic components and like dangerous working conditions, essentially, from producing these. Um, She hasn't brought the technology to market yet, but uh, she and her colleagues have several papers under review that show how the technology can be commercialized for energy and other applications. And they say basically the biggest barrier to this becoming a commercial product at this point is that they need to be able to scale it up, and that's going to require research funding. But like, okay, the end but result would be much cheaper manufacturing processes and much more eco friendly and better batteries. So, like, it's wow. all positives except for that upfront cost, which is really cool.
0: So, someone go fund this yes. right now. I know.
1: it's It just seems like such a good investment to make. Because, I mean, we're yeah. just going to work like as phones become more and more a part of our lives, like, having a high capacity battery is going to be important and making right. one that can be like so like engineered at such a small level is going to be more and more important because we want our phones to be thin still. So yes, we're obsessed with thin phones. Um, But yeah, I thought that was really, really fascinating. Uh, The article goes into a lot more detail um, than (laughs) than I wanted to shave. It's
0: that's a little little...
1: share, (laughs) Um, but
0: (laughs) it's a little hard to understand just listening to it the first time. Like I, are there diagrams
1: um, nothing, yeah, not, not in this article, no, mm. but it I, feel sounds, like, I feel like
0: I, I want some type of like sketch that shows like, Hey, this is what it would look like. And right. But like, this is what there's literally
1: a, over a decade's worth of research on it at this point. So I'm sure there's papers and stuff that have been produced. And,
0: How cool. That is, yeah. that's such, I just, I never, it's just so out there. Like I have never thought of putting like an organism inside
1: right. that, like, I mean, it kind of reminds me, didn't we talk about like, um, Bacteria being used to construct like building materials or something like yes. that. Yes. That's kind of different because that's at like a macro level and this is making like the, real small.
0: This is even, yes, it's a lot smaller than that. Yeah. A lot so that's a difference. Scale. And that was, I guess that was kind of similar. I mean, it was just taking the idea that bacteria and microorganisms like that have certain properties mm-hmm. that we can utilize <laughs> in new yeah. ways. So I guess it makes sense. You're right.
1: They're going to, bacteria and viruses are just going to build everything for us in the future.
0: Yeah. Like right now, we're afraid of them, but they're going to be afraid of us. Yes. (laughs) Except they can't think because they don't really have brains.
1: The capacity to, yeah. So it's fine. (laughs) No ethical quandary (laughs) here. (laughs)
0: Nope, nothing. Nope. My third story is another food news. Yum, yum, yum. This is from foxbusiness.com and the headline is McDonald's $100,000 Shamrock Shake cup hits eBay auction block. I I think you saw this. I,
1: yeah, but I like Shamrock shakes, I don't want to pay that much yeah. for
0: them. <laughs> Well, it's for the cup really, I think, and okay. not just the not it's not a Does it, I don't even know if it comes with a shake in it, which is just a tragedy.
1: That's the that's why would anybody be interested in this?
0: So McDonald's is auctioning off a cup of gold. It's made of gold mm-hmm. to, to honor their fiftieth anniversary of the Shamrock shake. Okay <laughs> That's the whole story <laughs> uh, I have more details. Um, McDonald's custom made gold and diamond crusted jewelled cup. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to <laughs> uh it's a It's a gold cup with diamonds and and jewels on it um. It has been dubbed the Golden Shamrock Shake. Uh, It it hit eBay on Tuesday with a starting bid of $1. Um, (laughs) uh, There are 50 emeralds and white diamonds on the cup and 100 yellow diamonds on the cup. Um, Hmm. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the cup's estimated worth is about $100,000. All right. The proceeds from the winning bid will benefit the Ronald McDonald house. Okay. Charities. So that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Um, if
1: you're going to do something stupid and extravagant, make it for a good cause. Right.
0: Right. Um, did you know that sales from the company's shamrock shake helped start the first Ronald McDonald's house? So I that they were, those that. were like linked to each other.
1: Oh, well, now I feel even less guilty about eating them.
0: Yeah. They were Their <laughs> Money has gone to charity in the past <laughs> and it will in the future if you.
1: Buy this cup. Buy this
0: cup. Um, (laughs) So the bidding will close on March 6th. My birthday. (laughs) Someone buy the cup. So it sounds like Uh, you
1: want this for a gift. Hold on.
0: um, Yeah, someone make that happen. Okay. Um, And then uh, if you didn't catch our prior episode where we talked about this, McDonald's introduced a new limited Oreo Shamrock McFlurry this year, which is like somehow also part of the marketing for this cup. Um, Okay. You can put uh, that in here too. um, Also, if you go to McDonald's... Oh, no. If you purchase a shamrock shake or an oreo shamrock mcflurry through the mcdonald's app before the bidding ends on this you'll be entered into a contest to just win the cup
1: how does that work
0: i don't know that doesn't make any sense like some (laughs) people are bidding and some people are just entering a contest but there's just one cup so i don't get that at all like how are they that did not make sense but uh
1: maybe mcdonald's has cloning technology we're not aware of
0: Maybe there's yeah, or maybe there's just secretly two cups and they just maybe
1: there's secretly two cups. That seems what why didn't
0: they tell people that there's two? I don't know. This, this is they're lying. I don't know.
1: But man, as if I needed more incentive to go buy that delicious, delicious shake.
0: Do you think drinking something out of a gold cup would make it taste weird?
1: Yes. Also, should that's also you? what I thought. Also, should you drink out of gold? Is that a like a safe material to be consuming gold? Anything from?
0: I've never heard of any adverse effects from consuming gold.
1: Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because sometimes they have like have gold in it? right. There's things with like actual gold flecks in it, so I guess that's probably fine. My next story is science news. This is from CNN. If you drive an expensive car, you're probably a jerk, scientists say.
0: <laughs> that's the headline.
1: That's the headline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A new study has found that drivers of flashy vehicles are less likely to stop and allow pedestrians to cross the road, with the likelihood that they'll slow down, decreasing by 3% for every extra $1,000 that their vehicle is worth.
0: <gasps> they correlated it
1: uh-huh.
0: to the worth of the co- wow. Wow. Yep.
1: Um, they came to this conclusion after asking volunteers to cross a sidewalk hundreds of times, uh, filming and analyzing the responses by car drivers. Um, the volunteer pedestrians were one white and one black man and one white and one black woman. The researchers also found that cars were more likely to yield for white and female participants. Probably to no one's surprise there. Um, vehicles stopped 31% of the time for both women and white participants compared with 24% of the time for men and 25% of the time for black volunteers. Um, so that's troubling. Um, yeah. But the best predictor of whether a car would stop was its cost, apparently. Um, And the scientists theorize in the study that disengagement and a lower ability to interpret thoughts and feelings of others, along with feelings of entitlement and narcissism, may lead to a lack of empathy for pedestrians (laughs) among costly car owners.
0: Like I the love most how eloquent yes. and
1: savage. Like,
0: like how did it just like eloquent and like scientifically accurate like statement when it's just like these people are jerks. These
1: people are complete jerks. Um that's the wow. whole that's the whole story. But I
0: thought what it's always a, nice to
1: have mm. science confirm things you already believe to be yeah. true.
0: Haven't you heard like I feel like everyone's had anecdotal experience uh, with just
1: Oh, with like an expensive, like expensive car being a jerk? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, everyone like knows tailing that, just Like, tailing you on the, the highway like, oh, or, like, yes, like,
1: weaving in and out of cars and stuff. Yeah, just
0: acting like they're above everyone else, like, mm-hmm. in their driving habits. Yeah. Yep. Like, everyone has a story like that, I feel like. And like, now it's like, okay, there's actually a publication yeah. showing this like peer-reviewed article. So.
1: so now if they, like, speed around your car, you can point at them and be like, hey, science says you're a jerk and so do I. Yeah. I'm going
0: to say and that then next time. And cite your sources. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you have to set your sources. So right.
1: You have to say uh, superscript one and then you have to reference it in your notes on the bottom of right. your, and y- your road y- rage. You have to have a
0: handout with it. <laughs> exactly. Too. And just like th- make it into throw- a paper plane and, and like throw, throw it into, it into their, their window. Car. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hope that it doesn't cause them to get into an accident.
0: But they were the ones being a jerk. So
1: you still shouldn't have wished them into an accident. i Alex. Just-
0: I'm- i'm not i'm not i promise i'm not
1: (laughs) yeah that wasn't fair of me i guess i'm also a jerk
0: (laughs) aren't we all a little bit
1: (laughs) we all a little bit of a jerk
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right it's time for breaking news (laughs) the part of the show where anthony and i look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly good luck ready set go! go Okay, I found this on UPI. This is so great. The headline is, Surfer Punches Great White Shark Off New Zealand Beach.
1: How big were his <laughs> hands? <laughs> First question.
0: I don't know. There's no photos. There's no <laughs> photos of his hands. Uh, but he's 60 years old. Oh, wow. 60-year-old surfer. Huh. Um, he says he escaped from a great white shark off the New Zealand coast by repeatedly punching it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor shark. is <Isn't>
0: this amazing? <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm sure the shark well, would have hurt I'm him, sure, but I don't think still. he
0: really injured the shark. I think it also was Also true. you know.
1: Old man punches of a shark probably weren't.
0: He said Too it was damaging. a yeah, a 10-foot great white shark Whoa. and it bit the front of his surfboard. Oh my gosh.
1: That's so scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, great white th- those are terrifying up close like Yeah, ugh.
1: I'm never going in the ocean again.
0: So apparently he punched it in the eye while it was bit biting on his surfboard. And he only suffered a like shallow cut to his arm and no other injuries. And so he was able to paddle back to shore and he was fine. But, hmm. um, okay. They have this at the end shark experts confirmed the bite mark on the man's board appears to have been made by a great white shark. Like what did what they have else? to like, kind of, well, what gonna, else like, would have done that? that? <laughs> <laughs> You're know, like, someone paddles back to shore. This huge chunk is missing from my surfboard. A shark bit it. We uh-huh. must confirm that now. These, like w-
1: These teeth marks look more like a human. <laughs> Sir, are you sure you didn't just bite your surfboard?
0: <laughs> like, what What else? I mean, I guess, maybe there's other shark types, maybe. Sure. I guess. Okay. <laughs> like, a wh- hammerhead? Again, wh- I don't again, know. Why, <laughs> why do we need matter? to know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> i'm glad the guy is okay yeah
1: no great punch a shark
0: he must be very fit he's 60 years old and he's surfing he's punching sharks yeah it's great
1: so we should all we should all aspire to be this man <laughs> yeah and not the shark all right i found this on cnn uh dunkin donuts latest release is quite simply a bag of bacon
0: they they're selling a bag of bacon
1: oh yes <laughs> um <laughs> While other fast food chains are rushing to launch meatless and plant based options, Dunkin' Donuts went in the opposite direction and released the ultimate snack for meat lovers. Starting today, Snack and Bacon will be available at Dunkin' Restaurants nationwide.
0: <laughs> snack and Bacon. Is that what you just said? Snack and Bacon. Snack
1: and Bacon. It's just what it sounds like eight half strips of bacon wrapped up in a sleeve. So it's kind of like if you got fries, but instead it's bacon. <laughs>
0: Why has no one ever done this before? Right? That's a genius I think idea. It's,
1: exactly. I thought it was pretty, pretty smart.
0: Wow. Um,
1: uh, this is a quote from the company. Here at Duncan. we've been working hard to formulate the perfect afternoon pick-me-up. And really, what's better than a bag full of bacon? <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong.
0: I don't know if i consider that an afternoon pick-me-up, but...
1: Maybe it's just because it hasn't been easily available before.
0: Maybe you're right.
1: Maybe we just need to get on board with bacon as an all the time food.
0: Okay, okay. Um,
1: our doctors probably wouldn't like that for us, but hm. uh, Duncan, <laughs> Duncan wants you to know that it's not just any ordinary bacon, it's high end bacon that has been smoked with natural cherry wood. It's then <laughs> treated to a sweet and savory blend of brown sugar and black pepper seasoning. Which sounds mm. really good right now. That sounds really good, and always honestly, and really unhealthy.
0: Yeah. Oh, so really bad good. for
1: you, I'm sure.
0: Anytime times there's, there's sugar on the bacon, it's like the, the taste just increases oh. and the health just decrease. Like they're just mm-hmm. in in the, like the same. One of them has a negative slope, and the other one has a positive <laughs> slope. It's just, oh, it's so good. but
1: it's so good. It's so good. I love a I love a sugary bacon. Have
0: you ever made candied bacon at home? Um, no. I have. It's actually very easy. Yeah. It's very good.
1: Mm. Well, because
0: <laughs> guess I have a new project. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all there so is. So <laughs> when, when
0: will this be available?
1: I believe it's available like today. Like when we're recording on <laughs> oh. Wednesday. Like I think it yeah. just became available today nationwide. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you want to go after this or maybe we can just try it later? Maybe yeah. next week. Maybe know. next week we'll try it. Some yeah. snack and bacon. That sounds great.
1: It sounds so good right now.
0: (laughs) It sounds really good. It's Dunkin' Donuts on Uber Eats. (laughs) Let's let's check that in a minute. But for now, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
1: You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at at news.
0: All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Bye.